Hey, everybody, and welcome to Starting a Counseling Practice. I'm really excited today to have Kimberly, Kimberly Slagle <laughs> here talking about her amazing adventures and misadventures in building a counseling practice. Thank you so much for being here today. Of course, I am so excited just to reconnect with you. Always a pleasure. Yeah, this is my first podcast, so I don't know. I'm nervous. We'll see how it goes. Oh, it's going to be terrible for sure. <laughs> Nobody listened. No. no pressure. No one listens to this podcast. Never heard about it before. No one knows who Kelly and I are. Right, right. It's just us having a chat. Girl, the girl. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited I get this you. every time I commit to these things with you. I'm like, what the heck was I doing? Okay. But then I'm glad I did it. So, you know, here we are again, Missy. <clears throat> um, so do you want to share your, um, where you're located and your website address? Yeah. So I am located in Seattle, Washington, and my website is seattletherapygroup.com for my practice. And I also have a little side hustle, which maybe we'll touch on, maybe we won't, but it's practicery.com. Fantastic. And um, share with everybody why you decided to go into private practice initially. Oh my gosh. I feel like we already did a whole other like blog interview on that, like so many years ago. Um, I was inspired. I struggle myself with some mental health stuff, like early adolescence and early adulthood. And I had no idea what was going on. And I, you know, after a bunch of doctors and medication and just like this ongoing process to learn, like, what is coming up for me? Why? Who am I? Um, I found a lot of really great support and I found a lot of really not so great support. And so that motivated me to just want to go in this field and help people. And really at the beginning, it was about helping adolescents kind of doing that work or learning about themselves early on. So we don't have to get into adulthood and be so confused when it all kind of creeps up on us and we can't make sense of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I just, I had basically a lot of like shitty therapists, excuse my language. And I was just like, I don't know. I like, I want, like, I take jobs seriously. I take like the work I do or others do seriously. And I'm like, I want to help people. And I think I could do this work better. (laughs) I know that sounds like so like messed up in ways, but, um, but it's also like kind of lovely in ways, right? Like a kid or adolescent or young adult going like, you know what I've really learned is like, this could have been so much better. Yeah. Like that's pretty powerful. And when did you, uh, when did you get licensed? So I got licensed in 2012. Awesome. And when did you open your practice? 2012. (laughs) You're like, do that. Like we're doing this. This is it. Yeah. Well, I had a, I mean, I think I was kind of like semi-licensed through the agency. So I was doing counseling work before them, but I got pre-licensed to start my actual private practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's just all kind of been a growth thing from there. Fantastic. And what did the first year of private practice look like for you? Oh my gosh. It was just, (laughs) it was really difficult. Um, I mean, I still had a full-time agency job. I had just had a newborn, I think like two months before (laughs) (laughs) I opened my practice and I was still in that space of like, 
thinking like our credentials just had like meant so much and we had to just keep adding like a hundred credentials after our name if we were ever going to be taken seriously in this work. And so I started a PhD program in San Francisco and I was flying back and forth doing that, raising a newborn, working full-time in the agency and trying to launch a practice, right? So totally overwhelmed, fast track to burnout right there. <laughs> fast track. And how many years do you feel like you were in private practice kind of struggling um, before you like made a, sh- a real shift? Yeah. I know. I was trying to remember when I met you and kind of started boot camp and all that. I think it was, uh, I'd want to say at least a couple of years, maybe even three years. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I almost feel like we met in 2014, maybe. Yeah, I'm looking yeah, to I see when you you joined you joined boot camp in 2016. Did I? Okay, well, I put it yeah. off for a while. Yeah, which I think we can get into that mindset of because I've met other people who consider it, and they're like, I don't know, and then it's like, well, I'll wait till next year, I'll wait till next year, and then I was one of those people who I would see people go through it and all the advancements they'd make and the progress and the confidence and the community, all the things. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh. Okay. That could have been I mean, like, I could have been, you know, of course we get into that comparison headspace, even though we know it's not <laughs> always healthy or good for us, but it's like, Oh, I wish I would have just went for it. And then finally, you know, I went to the launch party. I didn't win the free boot camp, And I was like, all right, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Well, share a little bit about what it looked like before that. Like, what were the things before you joined boot camp that you were doing to try to grow your practice? I was trying to, well, I started hosting networking meetings here in Seattle. So I was trying to do a lot of networking, but I had no kind of like structure or plan with that. Um, I mean, probably I was like meeting with people and just telling them my life story. Like I have two kids and I'm married and maybe not even talking about myself as a therapist or my goals or how I can support them, how they can support me. Um, So I don't think that really like paid off in the ways that I hoped it would Mm -hmm. for a while. Not to say that networking isn't a great referral resource because I think that it is. Um, I tried advertising a lot. So I had all those companies like Yodel and uh, like people who sell space in magazines, you know, you watch a business and they all find you and they would call me and I would totally I mean they would sell me on the phone and like before I knew I'm paying two thousand dollars for some ad in a magazine and I'm not even like making money um then I think when I met you I'm a little more known for so I set the lowest fee in Seattle as a therapist right (laughs) because I thought oh my gosh I'm working at the agency I mean I was making like, no, I was making $16 an hour at the agency, and I was an MHP, so I was more credentialed than even some other folks there, and it just wasn't enough money to support a family on, and so in my head, I thought, gosh, I could go out there and charge, like, 50, 60 bucks a session, um, full fee, not sliding scale, like, that's where my full fee started, and then I'd slide from there at times, right, mm-hmm. um, and if I'm the cheapest therapist in Seattle, my schedule will fill up overnight and it'll still be okay because I'm not, I'm making way more than 16 an hour. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I just, I was getting the same amount of clients and I was 
more stressed out by the work and found that like, I wasn't valuing myself enough. They weren't valuing me enough. Like I just, I ran into so many issues, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I think and that's what I, I meant. Yeah. I think that's what happened. We had done a call together and done like a, a console and you were like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I think I'm going to do my own thing. And after the consult, when I was like, I think I was like, I think you need to raise your fee. And you got off the consult and then you decided to lower your fee because you thought it will help you bring the people in. And then you were like, when we came back and talked again, it's funny, like all this stuff is coming back to me right. now. And you were like, um, I have the exact same number of clients. I literally just cut my 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 income by 30 percent you you told me that it was a marketing issue and I really didn't believe you (laughs) you're like it really was a marketing issue like who knew (laughs) oh my gosh it was so crazy and not only that Miranda I went back to the clients I already had who were paying my like at the time my full fee was a hundred dollars an hour and I told them because of course I want to be fair um so I was like, guess what? I'm going to start charging you like 50 bucks now a session, you know, because that's the fee. So your fee, your rate's actually going down. <laughs> and they're just looking at you like, right. okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this feels awkward, but all right. right. Cool. So before you know about like self-employment taxes or any of that right. kind of stuff. Right. And you're like, oh, wait, that doesn't really doesn't work. No. <laughs> Not at all. Awesome. And then when you um, you finally took the plunge and you enrolled in boot camp, what were some of the things that you noticed in terms of like the the shifts and changes that you had to make in order to really be successful? Yes, I think they're very clear and almost for me in this order um, because I was thinking about this a little bit before we got on the phone today. Um, Mindset was huge. Uh, learning how to value myself. Um, And not that I didn't value my clinical skills and ability there, but like valuing the worth of that and like in terms of the numbers, right? Which I don't think therapy school is like great at teaching us how to value ourselves. At least for me, it was like, you should feel super lucky if you even get an internship. And if they hire you at the end of that, you're one of the few that can even work right now, right? Um, so mindset was huge for me, niche, like I can't even put into words just how that helped in like all the ways with my mindset and like all the things, um, marketing and community for sure. Mm. Yeah. Share, um, with people, cause one of my favorite stories is what happens. You've been, I, one of the ways I met you in person was going to, um, speak at a networking group that you did, right? right. And um, tell people how long you'd been running the networking group and how many referrals you would get from it pre-boot camp and then what shifted once you got into boot camp and how that shifted your the yeah. experience of the networking group. I mean, of course, I wasn't even running numbers or doing like outcome stuff back then, so I'll just have to take a guess. But I want to say, gosh, by then, well, I started in 2012, started when I got license and all that so it was three years I had been running it and I don't think I had gotten a single referral really um and now it's just I mean I I don't know like again I don't really give people numbers at WAMF meetings and be like all right have your client say this code so that I know it comes for you or whatever but I just feel so much more focused 
in what I want people to take away from those meetings, how I want them to remember me and really right? that one, I guess it's the elevator pitch, right? Like, I don't feel like I need to be the jack of all trades. I really struggle with that early on. I was that person on psych today. I'm like, I'm just going to check it all. Because mm-hmm. if someone searches for this or that or the other thing, I'll do it. Like, I'm a counselor, right? I can do it. I'm going to do it all. And I think at the networking meetings, I'd get stuck in that same thing. I'd ramble on for like five minutes about all the things I can do and the types of therapy and the types of populations. Um, so again, that niching and really narrowing it down. It's like, if I want you, if I'm going to meet you, I want to know who's our ideal client for you. And I want you to know who that ideal client is for me. And mm-hmm. also going back to my mindset of trusting that there's enough clients to go around, right? That we don't have to be the jack of all trades. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's powerful. So, so, yes, it's just liberating. Yeah. I remember, and this is, and I don't remember the specific number, but I remember you coming in to boot camp call or something after you finally learned the elevator pitch, and you're like, I finally got referrals from this networking group that I've been doing forever. Like, I got three referrals this week or something like that, where you're just like, oh my God, like somehow, like finally you like said, this is what I do and I work with this and this is what I'm passionate about. And you're like, this is like magical. Like it was just this like, and like seeing your face lit up in the relief of like, Oh yeah. And it obviously it happened because you had these close relationships. People knew and liked you, but they didn't know what you were really about before that moment. And once they could put you into a category in their mind, then it was easier for them to, for you to come top of mind as like, Oh, this is who she'd be really good with. Not only that, I think the marketing piece, once you niche, it just explodes. It gets so clear and you're actually excited to like write copy for your website, or at least I I guess I love marketing too. So maybe I'm biased, but um, I just felt so much more grounded. It's like, yes, this is who I am. This is what I do. So regardless of if I'm online or in person or whatever, it really guides that whole process, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it allowed me to be more creative then of like, okay, now if this is what I do, what can that look like? And how do you go in different directions from there? Right? Yeah. And so at, at some point you became full as an individual practice and you had to make some other decisions. Tell us about that, about what it was like to go from struggling at your like bargain basement. I'm the cheapest therapist in Seattle, right? And I'm still not full to being full as an individual therapist and then having to like go, oh, what's what's next? What do I do with that? Yeah. It's really exciting. I've just always been one of those people. I love therapy. But like I said, I love entrepreneurship. I love marketing. I love a lot of things. And I like I want to launch different things. You know, I want to kind of have my hands in like different pots. And I don't, I realized really quickly as I got full, I don't want to do therapy 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. You know, that my sweet spot is really maybe, you know, at the time it was maybe 10 to 15 clients. I'd say now it's maybe even like lower than that. Right. Um, so I just realized I didn't want to have it all made. I didn't want to do all the therapy. I really liked the marketing end of it. Um, And so I wanted to just grow in that way and expand and focus more on the back end of the business um, and also start to maybe bring on different folks that were still within my niche, but were really 
could offer different things that maybe that I couldn't, right? Um, so yeah. say like premarital therapy, I mean, it's something I've dabbled in. But it's like, wow, what if I could bring in an awesome like expert in this and then have them really holding that piece of the business? Um, so yeah, so that's what I did. And like, I got a little too wide. Like I jumped in a little too fast and I wasn't very like slow with my business planning. And I, I rented this huge, beautiful office space downtown in the Nordstrom building in Seattle um, on the like 19th floor, like all these suites. And it was, I was a little too over my head. Mm -hmm. Um, So that didn't totally pan out like I had hoped. And then I kind of just went back to my basics, went back to boot camp, went back to my office that I'd had for years and just focused in. Um, And it was really exciting. And it just kind of took off from there. And then it even got to a point where it allowed me, because my husband in the last couple of years had an opportunity to come up in Phoenix. And it even got to a point where it allowed me to kind of step away, literally like physically away from the space more often than not and be doing a lot of things remotely. Um, so that was just interesting and scary and, you know, all the feels mixed up <laughs> in that process. Yeah, share about how... Um, how moving or, you know, being remote for an extended period of time, um, how that impacted stuff clinically and what are some of the unique pieces that you were able to offer for your community based on your needs, but also meeting the needs of your community and clientele? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll say at least from an administrative place, it was a little difficult. Like you really have to have some solid systems if you're going to be managing a group or people, you know, at a distance. Um, so that was a little bit of a learning curve, but I think it was really exciting for me because I could really focus on other, it's like I'm an outside of the box person. I love being creative. And I think, you know, that traditional 50 hour a week therapy model just doesn't fit for everyone, right? For a variety of reasons. You're saying 50 hour or 50 oh, minutes? 50, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 50 hours, you know, all the therapy, all the time. <laughs> I mean, um, that's a definitely a different model. Yeah, a right. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, one hour for couples therapy, you know, 50 right. minutes. Okay, go on with your life. Now we'll, we'll meet in a week. Yeah. And especially a lot of couples, like, I don't know if you've been there. I feel like I've been there in my relationship, like conflict comes up. You want to deal with it. You know, you don't necessarily want someone to be like, well, it might be six months, you know, before we really find a way to resolve this or get you communicating clearer, better. Um, And, you know, people maybe, again, they don't want that traditional therapy. They want to feel like they're having a retreat or taking a workshop and learning and growing, but also making like a fun weekend out of it. Um, or maybe they just want to come in for a whole weekend and really just jump into that issue hardcore um, and address it and see that change, make some progress up front, take those skills and tools, and then get back into their busy lives and start, you know, applying them again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think moving and having that group set up really allowed me to step away and get really creative. So we started creating that, just that, intensives, uh, workshops, retreats. Uh, classes for couples. Um, And what that really looked like was me kind of intaking meeting with couples virtually online, getting all that awesome juicy background info. And then I was flying back into Seattle and hosting these intensives or workshops where we were doing more of a 
you know, Gottman, like a marathon therapy. I know that's their words. So that's why I'm giving credit. Um, <laughs> kind of a marathon therapy approach where it's like, okay, we've gotten to know each other. We've put together some of those basic foundational things. We feel like we're friends again. We've lifted a little bit of the tension. Now we're going to meet in person and just really deep dive. Um, <clears throat> then I also created what's called my couples toolbox. Mm-hmm. And it's a digital resource for my couples that just has all kinds of like step-by-step handouts and guides. And as we go through the intensive, it will speak to all these tools and they can kind of unlock different ones. And so, I don't know, it's just this whole kind of new different approach, I guess, to therapy. And I think couples really love it. Um, another thing I've gotten into a lot is discernment counseling. So I feel like that's one of our biggest draws right now for folks, which is really trying to get couples clear on, do you even want to, like, are we going to move forward with couples therapy or not, right? Getting clear on what does that even mean and what is going to need to happen in that Um, and getting that confidence and making that decision up front. So then they're like, okay, yeah, we do want this, right? So we're doing a lot of that now. Yeah, right. Or we don't. Or we don't. Why are we both here? Why are we going to spend six months in therapy so we can say we went to couples therapy when really we're checked out? Yep. You know, like what's the point of that? And, you know, and just launching more of our remote services. It was so interesting to me to learn how there were so many people in Washington living in areas where they just can't access care. Mm. Um, And I also got a lot of couples too who they're very disabled, you know, a lot where one partner is say bedridden or they're in a wheelchair where they just can't leave the house, but it's not that they don't have their own conflicts and struggles too, that they need support with. Right. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was just, it was neat to be able to use the group and the clinicians I had to really hold down the fort when it came to the more traditional 50 minute not hour a week sessions, right? So for people that still want that more traditional approach um, and then allowing me to really kind of expand and think outside the box of like, what are other ways we can help couples and spread this message, you know, spread the support. Mm-hmm. And it met your needs for your family. Yeah. Your needs for creativity. And it was directly connected into the needs of the client. Yep. Like, ah, that's what therapy should be. Isn't it? And right? it's crazy. I was just reviewing them because of course, you know, end of the year. And, but last year was my highest gross. And that's just wild to me to think about that. I only spent maybe a total of two months in Seattle, Washington for the whole year. And it was still my most like from a numbers perspective, successful, but honestly, really from a, you know, successful on such a bigger level in the way that you were just describing. Yeah. Um, one of the things I want to come back to and touch on was that idea that you'd said that um, you realized when you moved to and you weren't in Seattle that there were some processes that broke down um, in terms of running a group. And it sounded like that also gave you an opportunity to like dig back into the process maybe of running your group practice and go, ooh, I need something more sustainable. What would that look like? And so even that like, that like growing pain was maybe also an opportunity to go, how could I really make this something that I could step away from in the future, or I could have someone come in and be the office manager or the, the clinical manager for this group? Like, what would that really look like to give me this 
this real freedom, what would it really take for this to be self-sustaining? Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I think of just a lot of online systems, right? Like Trello was my best friend, like just really laying out all the systems and processes and not assuming anything, right? I mean, I know it sounds kind of silly, but I just kind of assumed like everyone's going to want to keep an office clean. You know, <laughs> I didn't think about office cleanliness and we don't have like a off, like a company that comes and cleans the office suites at night in our building. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of assumed, gosh, with all the therapists coming in and out of there, the office is going to be clean, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's not. So just not assuming anything yeah. um, and just laying it all out, what, whatever it is, what if it comes to, here's how we email clients back. Here's what we say on a new phone consult. Um, here is our system for us keeping in touch, tracking referrals, communications. Here's a system for office cleaning. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and all of that. Uh, and I kind of went back in the past. I've hired pretty green therapists because I'm not very um, like threatened by that, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I love getting folks right out of school because I remember where I was when I met you mm-hmm. and I love telling them like, you know what? you don't have to take five more years of training and get all these other certifications to do couples therapy. You can do this right now. You are ready. And I have a, you know, huge library of resources that will help you and I can teach and support you how to be successful at this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I loved getting those green therapists and really like boosting them up, building their value in themselves and just teaching them the ropes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I moved, I had to focus a little more on bringing in some experienced folks because I was just not on the ground as much to do as much of that mm-hmm. initial like journeying on, you know, with them through that. So I think that really helped me too. Yeah, to look at like, wow, that's really great. But wow, that's, there's a lot of work involved in that. And what does that look like? You know, how much do I want to do that? And does it work for my life now that there are beautiful pieces on both sides and you get to make adjustments as your life changes and your needs change? Totally. Totally. And then share a little bit about um, even that other place and how you've applied your entrepreneurship and what you've learned about business in other areas because you and your spouse launched something fun on the side as well. Yeah. So like, I, I mean, I've really just always loved entrepreneurship. I was that kid. Like I would go home every day when I was really young in elementary school and I would make like stress balls or bracelets. Like, you know, I'd go to school and I'd be trying to like do the friend cell or whatever on the playground. (laughs) I've just always loved marketing and business. um, But I never really realized we're allowed to love that in this field and what we do because we're so about helping people. And when I went through my own struggles in my life, that really shifted for me. I put business and entrepreneurship on, on hold and I really just wanted to help people. Um, and then as time has gone on, I'm like, wow, I can do both. Right. And there's a place for this. Um, one thing that was really transformative for me was, uh, my own branding and the visual side of marketing for Seattle therapy group. Mm-hmm. Um, believe it or not, I know it's funny cause I'm known as like the networking gal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I consider myself, I'm actually like very introverted person. 
networking takes a lot for me. It takes a ton of energy and I'm not that person that's very like face to face and social in all the things. Um, Mm -hmm. So I rely, like I do the networking and I love the word of mouth referrals and that works for me too, but I rely a lot on online presence and digital marketing and connecting with folks in that way. Um, So for me, when I was able to get clear on my business vision mission and then match a visual to that, Mm -hmm. that told my story that spoke to clients and that was in my opinion as high quality and on a level as I think my services are. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it just, it went from like good to like, I can't, I couldn't even put a word on it. I mean, it was just epic. Mm. Um, that visual brand, you know, I think that it creates that first impression, right? Mm-hmm. And it's all about first impressions. Um, and so people started seeing that visual brand of Seattle Therapy Group. And even when I wasn't even living here, right? And they're thinking like, wow, this is this big, it's this awesome, reputable, trustworthy company. And if you're going to work on your relationship, you need to go here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the visual branding and marketing has had a lot to do with that. Uh, so I saw the value in that. And then my husband, he's been in psych, but he's also a designer and illustrator. And when my group really took off and I was in a financial position to where, you know, we didn't have to have him working, um, he went back to school and did a huge career shift, like started all over again. And uh, anyways, he graduated in 2016. So I don't know. The years go so fast, Miranda. It's crazy, especially when you have kids. <laughs> Um, anyway, so he graduated and just, I think folks naturally knowing me and him and that we've been in the psych field and mental health stuff. And then now he can do this awesome design and people have seen Seattle therapy groups branding and kind of what that's done for me. And like everyone wanted help and support with that. And we just kind of had this light bulb moment where it was like, oh my gosh, how cool is this? We can still be in this field and helping get support to other people, helping, you know, that healing message get out there and spread uh, by working with therapists and supporting their businesses on the back end in terms of these really creative visual ways and really apply, I think, my own. So it's like Justin has the like tech skill, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I bring a value to it too, because I love having this creative outside of the box perspective. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of my thing. Like I love looking at therapy and saying, okay, everyone's doing it this way. How can we create things and do it in another way, right? Take it to a different level or really be outside of the box with our approach and our Mm -hmm. services. So I think we've really put that into Practicery, which is our graphic design company. Um, And we're really helping therapists do that, like stand out and spread their message in very new creative ways and just level up that visual presence to match the high quality like services and growth mindset Mm -hmm. everyone's developing so and I what I love too is like like you can see there's a lot of people who are out there and they're putting pretty flashy things on their website but they don't tell a story they're not clear what their brand is Right. right And we've talked about this where you're like, people call me and they don't really have a clear niche or a clear direction. And you're like, okay, that's not where we're, 
you need that before you can do this, right? You do. Yeah. That clarity of you have to know who you are to have a visual story that can match that, right? Exactly. Because you are your brand. You know, yeah. a lot of people can have a quote unquote brand without the visual piece. But once you really get that clarity and you're grounded, the visual, if you add that to it, I mean, it can just take it to a whole nother level. So, yeah. yeah, it's, it's so, so fun. Definitely go check out Seattle therapy group to check out an example um, of what that branding and um, that story brand and that scene that ugh, female, I don't know what that was about, um, <laughs> what that um, visual representation can look like. And then do you want to um, spell practicery for people? Sure. So it's like practice and then re. So P-R-A-C-T-I-C-E-R-Y. Practicery. Dot com. <laughs> yeah. Dot com. All that good stuff. Because yeah. a re is like, it's like a, you know, it's, you think of like the patisseries, right? Where they specialize in like the best pastry and whatever. So we're kind of a boutique shop. We're not trying to be this big mass market thing where we just take everyone's money and whatever, you know, we're a boutique shop. We really want to sit one-on-one, hold therapist's hands and create these like custom, authentic, awesome visuals that like no one else has for them that they love that tells the story. It's all about the storytelling. Yeah. And that these aren't things that are going to be recycled for 10 other therapists, right? Like these really are oh, like, no, 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 never. Right. And that's yeah. the cool thing. Seattle therapy group. Every time we launch, because you know who therapists are? I mean, maybe we're not all like this, but I feel like a lot are like me. We have our hands in so many, like, we want to do all these things, right? Mm -hmm. And then once we kind of find some success in that, we're like, ooh, I could write a book. I could launch a group. I could do a workshop. Like, it's all we, I feel like the clouds part, and we're like, wow, there's so many directions I could go, right? And so Mm -hmm. many things that I can do with my skill. Um, And so we really just like to support all of that. Yeah. And that place too, to support that, but also focus it, right? Because you can't have a brand that says, I'm an expert in working with child abuse survivors and working with um, child perpetrators, you know, adult perpetrators. And you're like, wait, (laughs) (laughs) we're circling back to that. Yeah. Like there's this place of like pulling, pulling things together and finding out like, where is that like strong center? Um, yes, it's creating an umbrella that will last a lifetime and you can launch different things under it and it will be very clear that it's all still coming from you in that same umbrella. Yeah. I think most of the clients we've had right now with practicery and kind of our ideal client are those therapists. They're like, whoa, like I've done, now I have a practice or a group and I'm starting to speak or I'm writing a book or I'm launching this new like online course or whatever it is. And then they don't know how to fit that in the original vision and you know and brand or or whatever they were working with so so cool what would you say to other um other therapists like you who are like kind of entrepreneurial by nature and that are but are like struggling whether and you you mentioned two sides which is so interesting right the one side of like I was undercharging I was paying you know two thousand dollars for the magazine spread and like I was just sort of racing, doing the, the race to the bottom of, I'm going to be the cheapest therapist in Seattle. Right. And then this other side, which was the, and then I rented off out the 19th floor 
and like really like put myself out <laughs> risk wise. <laughs> right. And that side didn't really work either. It sounds like there wasn't as much of the running of the numbers and and in- there wasn't. No, it was a jump. I was like, oh, I did over here. I can just do it now and then like build the other stuff in as I go. And no. Right. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute, let me go back. There's a bootcamp module for this. <laughs> now you look and you're like, there's literally like a group practice module that like, I just didn't. Well, at. I think that's when I called you too. I was like, all right, private coaching time. Um, <laughs> you know, I really think that is the answer to your question is yes, I've been entrepreneurial in the past. Yes. I have a passion for it, but I've never gotten support in it. I haven't, hadn't you know, I didn't go to college for it necessarily. Like I hadn't gotten officially trained, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we can love something and be passionate about it and feel like we have this natural ability mm-hmm. to do it, but we can't work in a bubble. We need support. We need to open ourselves up and like try and, you know, trust that we can learn things from other people and mm-hmm. not just like recreate the wheel, right? If there's awesome advice and tools and all of that out there, go get them, use them, apply them, um, and then attach your passion and skill to that, right? Yeah. Ah, I love it. Well, check out seattletherapygroup.com. Check out Patchett. Practicery, like not oh, after you said patisserie. Now it's like going to be. <laughs> I like it's. Been, <laughs> and I said it. Now I need. Now I need um a a, a Danish. I know. Right? <laughs> we don't do Danishes, unfortunately. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then for other people, of course, I know every like I'm. I've decided to be shameless about that. Uh, we are um, getting ready to close off um, enrollments for boot camp. Um, do you want to share anything about, um, in, what your thought is for someone else who's trying to figure out and they just think if I just lower my fee or I'll just wait another year, what is your advice to them about whether to interview and or enroll in boot camp in yeah. 2019? Don't wait, do it. It will just change your life. I mean, the, it's all the things, Miranda, it's the mindset it's the actual tools and skills. It's the community. And I think even more so, it's like, as you grow in this field, whatever direction you take, I mean, use me as an example, really. Whatever direction you take, you can go back to bootcamp. It's that lifetime access. I know you say that to people. And if people don't know, they might just hear like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 lifetime whatever, like that must be a selling point or something. No, it really is why, like it will serve you in a completely different way throughout the course of your professional life, right? Because if I would have visited the certain, like the modules I'm jumping into now, the things that I'm doing now, I never, like none of half of that didn't even make sense to me when I was first there because that's not where I was, right? Yeah. And that's what I love about boot camp. You don't even have to go through the whole thing day one and apply every single thing. You've really, you go through it, you learn, you pick out where you're at right now, you apply it, you see the success and then you go from there and it's like sky's the limit. And the community. I mean, I can't like the people that I've met, the support I've gotten, the collaboration opportunities that we've gotten out of boot camp is just, uh, it's so fun. So fun. And even as an introvert, Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where I get pulled in to do things like that. I just had a 
Cairo Radio here in Seattle, which is the top radio station, was like, we're pulling you in to be the relationship expert. I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I get myself into with this? But, <laughs> but no, it's awesome, right? It's awesome. Well, go and check out bschoolbootcamp.com forward slash about. Schedule your interview today um, and get signed up before it sells out for some time, people. Yay. Yay. Come say hi to me when you're in there. Yes. Check out the awesome Kimberly. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And again, bschoolbootcamp.com forward slash about. Yay. Thank you.